Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, the start of this week's preach has been missed. This is a Woodside Church podcast. News from where they were in, they were in the upper room having the Last Supper. You know, Bible says that they were singing hymns, like just now how we worshipped how we started to sing and they you know, said that where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. In the same way, they sung some hymns and then they were rejoicing, even though Jesus knew what he's going to face in a couple of hours' time. He was with them having the supper and then telling them so many things and enjoying the supper and explaining his death there. And then the story continues. So today's my title is Ruby, Sweat and Painful Prayer. I can't see, but I'm looking at it first time. So let me read the scriptures from where we left last Sunday. So now they're all walking, walking under the valley to reach to the Mount of Olives. So they're going, crossing across the valleys and then going there where we start the story from Luke 22, 39 to 46. Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then, an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last, he stood up again and returned to, his, returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we commit ourselves to Lord Jesus. As we remember this season of Father God in this year, Lord, speak to us through this passage, Lord, the real story of you suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, crying out with agony. Lord, help us to learn from you and to adopt and practice in our lives. Every work of the enemy who is trying to bring confusion, doubt, sleep, we cast him out in the name of Jesus. Father God, we ask your presence and your Holy Spirit to fall upon us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So that's the story of Garden of Gethsemane. I just read a few verses there from the Bible, from Luke. So this is a prayer of Jesus, sweating and painful prayer, where his sweat dropped like blood. So that's what we read. 
So today I've got three points to discuss and to know, and then three points to learn from Jesus. There's three points to discuss and three points to learn as a lesson. Number one, as usual, Mount of Olives. So we see when Jesus was teaching in Jerusalem, when Jesus was teaching in Jerusalem, he was teaching in the temple whole day, and then he used to go and take rest and pray here in Mount of Olives. That, is what, that was his usual, his custom, his ethic to pray at his usual place. He went to this usual place as usual. Whenever I hear this as usual word, I remember Daniel. When Daniel was being threatened, no, he was being forced to, to worship the king, the Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't do. He didn't do. He went as usual to pray. In the same way here, in his agony, Jesus knew that he is going to suffer. He knew that he has got a great distress and things like that. Yet, he went into that as usual place to pray. He went there to get the guidance from God. He went there to get the wisdom of God, to get strength and the protection from God, to pray for his you know, disciples. He spent time and time and again there in the Mount of Olives talking to the disciple. That is his usual place. Hallelujah. It's an usual place for him to be there. So now the time and the hour has come. He is there in the, in the garden of Gethsemane in the, on that Mount of Olives, as usual, praying and asking God very deep things. He is communicating to God, which we are going to look into now. It's an as usual place for him. That's what is ethic and that was his custom. This, this Mount of Olives is the east of Jerusalem. It's on top there. So as they walk to the valley and then reach there, where you can see the whole Jerusalem from there. So where you used to usually meet. This man, Jesus Christ, you know, his ethics was matched with his message. The usual place of prayer means he was teaching to the congregation, he was teaching to the people, he was teaching to his disciples about praying and being with God, knowing the kingdom of God, is not only preaching, but he's also practiced going to that usual place. He practiced praying. A man who behaves in private can also, no, he can be trusted in public as well. Hallelujah. For example, myself, I'm preaching here today my preaching to match my private life as Jesus matched whatever his ethics, you know, whatever the messages he was preaching, it matched him. If I don't practice what I am preaching, I'll be a hypocrite. In my private life, I must practice what the teachings that Jesus is teaching in our lives, what we you know, especially the preachers who stand here as elders and the preachers and the counselors and the leaders of the community groups, the who, one who counsels, we need to practice in our private life. That's what Jesus did. He was not only preached, but he practiced in his usual place. He was a man of prayer. 
He was a man of humility. He humbled himself before God. His ethic matched with what he was saying. His habit, usual place, practice. Even Judas, the one who betrayed, betrayed he knew about it. He knew about that place. He knew that one, that, that place. He came with a band of soldiers. He came with a band of soldiers to that place because he knew about it. Bible says in John 18:2, Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples, his usual place. As usual, he's gone there. Question, what is your usual place of prayer? What is your usual prayer? place of prayer? Where do you spend time face-to-face talking to God? And then from there, he's commanding his disciples to ever vigilant in prayer, ever watchful in prayer, ever attentive to in prayer, ever aware of prayer, that they might be delivered from temptation. That is my second point, verse 14, verse 40, 40. Prayer was a temptation. He told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. Jesus understood what they are about to go through. He knew. He was telling them, I am going to be betrayed. I am going to be crucified. I, I will be handed over. You know, I will be handed over to these lawless people, lawless people, lawless men. You are going to be filled with grief and sorrow. Because the time is coming that you will not see me. Because I am going to die. This is what keep on telling his his disciples. The dark time is ahead. He was telling just in a little while, just in a little time, they are going to strike the shepherd and you all will flee from me. You all will run away from me. You all will go away from me. We are entering into the darkest time in all time of history. When man finally get a chance to put God to death. Jesus understood when dark times comes, that's when the temptation at its greatest. The temptation is at its peak. He understands that when he did. So I can compare. Many times I have gone through, and I know there's most of the people here sitting might have gone through a sudden thing happening, the agony coming, maybe a sudden death in the family. I witnessed my, one of my friends who was 49 years old. He passed away. Sudden change, sudden agony in the family. The family didn't know what to do. The sudden thing hits. This is where Jesus is also. And that sorrow and the temptation He's warning and commanding to pray as he's overcoming the temptation. He says, I better pray, not fall into temptation. He told them to pray before as well. When, he, when the disciple asked them, when the disciple asked them, Lord, how can we pray? He said, we all know the Lord's prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come as it is in heaven on this earth. Then he continued, there's... You know, 6.13, Matthew 6.13, he said, Lead not unto temptation. Lead not unto temptation. Deliver us from evil. 
He's starting from the beginning. Lead not unto temptation. When you yield to the temptation, that is where you separate from God. That is where your ego, your pride and things come that because you said nothing will happen, let me yield. That is what he's keep on telling and asking and teaching us, Lord, lead not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. That should be our daily prayer. Lord, make us to watchful to avoid it. If you are not watchful to temptation, if you are not watchful to the hour of trial, then when it comes, you will be unprepared to face the temptation. You will fall because you are not ready. Because your spirit, your body, and your mind is idle. I'll repeat that one. Because your spirit, your body, and your mind is idle spiritually. Let's look into the life of David for an example. I'm looking at the clock as well. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is keep on ticking. It doesn't stop. Hallelujah. So let us look into David's life. You know, David was a king of Israel. You know, he conquered everything. And then a time come that where he's supposed to be in the battlefield. We read in 2 Samuel 11, 1. 2 Samuel 11, 1. Let me read that verse. Yeah, quickly. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants, and then the Bible says, but David remained in Jerusalem. He remained in Jerusalem. He's supposed to be in the battlefield. He's supposed to be in the war. He's supposed to fight against the people who rebel against God and his nation. He's supposed to be there, but he was idle. What happened? We all know the story. Because of his idleness, he walked on the roof of his palace and then he saw a beautiful lady bathing and he was tempted and committed adultery. Not only committed adultery, he was also become a murderer to cover his sin. All because he was idle. Idle mind is... I'm checking now. Idle mind is... Devil's workshop, whoever has written, said it is true. It's not in the Bible, but it is true. The idle mind is devil's workshop. That's what happened in David, the king of Israel, selected, anointed king. Because of his idleness, he committed sin. And then, of course, he repented and become become God's own heart, the person of God's, God's own heart. If you are fighting your life, and if you are not prepared, you will fall. In the temptation, it is guarantee. If you're not prepared in your life, it is guarantee that you will fall. You got to be watchful. You got to be watchful. You got to be prepared. Watchful, how? How can I be watchful? Watchful in prayer. Watchful in prayer. That's what Jesus is bringing us today. We cannot afford to take a day off. Hallelujah. How many of you working here? I think most of you. Come on, I'm an Indian preacher. Please raise your hands. Come on, come on. I need interaction. You, we cannot afford to take a day off as Christians. Understand this. Satan will not take day off. Satan will not have a weekend off. Satan no, has no spring break. 
temptation will not take a holiday there is no day off for the enemy you think you can take a day off trial test difficulties crisis agony will not take day off be prepared watchful alert be alert you know peter peter who walked with jesus you know understood jesus and then you know he was te- taking all the teachings of jesus christ when jesus was explaining about his death you know he was telling that i'm going to die like this he said you know what he said lord i will come with you to the prison even to the death hey peter before the morning comes before the roaster crows you will deny me three times i'll pray for you that you will stay strong because the satan wants to shift you this is what jesus said to peter you know he wanted to shift you he want to take away but i'm praying for you so that you will stand firm when you come back strengthen your brothers no 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 i will come with you in the prison i will die for you they came he denied three times denied three times he ran and wept and repented because he knew what jesus was said after he strengthened himself he is coming now after i think when he is writing the epistle of peter peter 1 he might be writing with all this experience of how he denied jesus how he went away ran away he was crying and weeping and writing this one in peter first peter 5:8 he saying that stay alert this is peter telling after his experience stay alert watch out for your great enemy watch out for your great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour hey he's looking for you the satan is looking try to pull you down bringing the temptation you look your right you look your left you look your front you look your back the temptation is there if you're not prepared you will fall i repeat guarantee guarantee that you will fall with my experience i'm telling guarantee if you fall praise god for the word of god where we can strengthen and then come back to jesus christ because he always loves us and brings us back into the track hallelujah praise god where i am now look at jesus look at jesus an example verses 41 i don't think you can go back to the first page there are 41 and then we can come back again okay he knelt down and prayed wow he knelt down and prayed with agony it is an amazing statement there it is an amazing thing god in the form of man he is the word he was in the beginning through him all the creation has made now he has come in the form and then he is knelt before in an agony as a human he is crying aloud hallelujah matthew describes that he fell on his face that's only i can say through prayers we can overcome the temptation humbling ourselves before god in prayer asking for the wisdom james says ask if you lack wisdom ask ask god will give you we need to go in the prayer humbly kneel down like jesus knelt before we need to kneel down and then ask we lack jesus overcame temptation by humbling himself 
in prayer, submitting to God and God's will. On the other hand, the disciples stumbled and they let their sorrow overtake them and prevented them from praying. Humbling ourselves in prayer helps us to overcome temptation. Hallelujah. Let me go to the third point. <clears throat> Quickly. Not my will, but your will be done. Luke 22, 42. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Say everybody, nevertheless. nevertheless. One more time. Nevertheless. nevertheless. Wow, that's a powerful word. That's a take-home word today. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, where we are, what situation. Nevertheless. Let his, let, your will be, let his will be done in our lives. Look at this. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup. What is this cup? What is this cup talking about? Remove this cup if you are willing, Lord. Remove this cup. The Son of Man as a man is crying, Lord, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Take this cup. I'm unable to drink it. What is this cup? This is a cup of God's wrath. God's wrath he is unable to drink it. He is crying as a human. He is crying, Lord, I am unable to. If possible, take this away. The wrath of God. In the Old Testament, if you read Jeremiah 25 and the whole chapter there, especially Jeremiah 25, 15, it talks about same cup, the wrath of God. God saying to Jeremiah, give it to the nations who are rebelled against me. Give it to the people who are against me. They are rebelled the rebellious people, let them drink it, let them experience, let them consume the judgment which is I'm ready to give them. That is the judicial act of the rebelliousness. That is what is, that is exactly here, the same cup, the wrath of God in front of Jesus Christ and then Jesus is about to drink. Why? He is king of kings, sinless person, God who born in a sinful nature but without sin. Wow. He is about to drink. Why? He is not rebellious. He is drinking for you and for me. He is drinking for you and for me. That cup, he is crying out, Lord, take this away from me. He said, it is not my will, Lord. Let it be your will. Let it be your Nevertheless, it is not mine. It is yours. He took he died on the cross for me and for you. Hallelujah. The wrath of God is swallowed. He drank to the last drop. He didn't leave his grace. Not even a single thing in that. He completely drank and then he said, it is finished. It is finished. You and me should not, if we reach there at that time, you and me can, you know, we don't need to drink that cup anymore because if you put your faith in Jesus if you believe that the wrath of God has been drunk by Jesus he has taken that sickness he has taken the sin upon himself if you believe you don't need to drink that cup you don't need to drink that cup at all because he has swallowed he has taken he has drunk already and then he has set free we don't have judgment we cannot because he has already done we are set free from that judgment. Hallelujah. 
we can just go pass by because jesus thank you i'm entering if you believe that one believe believe that jesus has drunk the cup which you and me supposed to drink and consume and have that punishment in us getting that judgment he took that one that is a celebration that we do in in our lives as a easter hallelujah garden of gethsemane he humbled himself he said nevertheless is a complete submission let me go to the lessons now there are three lessons quickly i'm going to go through first one as we read in the scriptures we need friends on our journey we need people i cannot fight on my own jesus himself now he we read that then accompanied by the disciples jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the mount of olives he was accompanied with his friends his disciples you need a friend a trustworthy friend you need a church for the fellowship you need to have that uh, that's the reason beautiful verse you brought before you introduced no you brought that we are here to encourage one another the church yes i can do online services in my home sitting on my sofa sunday after sunday we can do but doesn't that doesn't say bible doesn't say we need to come together to encourage together face to face and talk to each other and encourage each other hallelujah we need in our journey of our life with christ we need friends and families to come together church is a best place for that hallelujah we need friends question is do you have a friend like that do you have a family like that do you really respect the church to encourage yourself and to encourage others i leave that one for you to decide number 2 those who humble before god will be helped by god hallelujah those who humble before god will be helped by god Luke 22:43 Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him while he was crying out while he is crying out by while he was overcoming the temptation to take that cup away if i am in his place i'll said no 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 i can't drink this one who am i to drink why should i suffer why should i take why should i to suffer for you for you why should i take i want don't want i don't want to come to church i don't want to do this one i don't want to come to prayer there are so many prayer series going on in the church there's so much prayer is going on every tuesday am i right and every last uh, fourth saturday fasting prayer here we got a prayer 24 hours prayer please join put your trust in god and then join hallelujah humble yourself so look at here the when the when the angel of angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him here he was overcoming his temptation overcoming his temptation crying out after he has overcome little bit a help come from heaven the angel appeared it is true till today angel can still visit you hallelujah to strengthen you when you are in agony when you are in distress difficult situation frustrated no i cannot live any more humble yourself in the presence of god go humbly in prayer before god god will strengthen you hallelujah praise god for that 
It's same thing happened when he was tempted in the wilderness, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. You know, after he was baptized by, the, by John the Baptist, the Spirit took him for the temptation in the wilderness. Satan showed, say, look, the splendor of the world, I'll give it to you, just bow to me. He said, man cannot live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. He said, I may, I better have, I better have the word of God than a bite of bread. <laughs> I better have the word of God than anything else in this world. That's what Jesus overcame his temptation. He overcame with every word from written in this. He took the word, don't test your God. As soon as he said, the Satan went away. He left him. As soon as the temptation, he overcome the temptation, angel appeared before him, attending him and feeding him. Hallelujah. When you overcome your temptation, humbling yourself and kneeling down in the presence of God, once you overcome the temptation, heavens will open to come and to strengthen you, to support you, to help you. Hallelujah. That is the word of God for us. It will happen. Final one. Not only you will be helped by God, those who humble before God will be heard by God. Hallelujah. It's not only help coming from God, even your prayers will be heard by God when you humble yourself before God in prayer. Hebrews 5.7 While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. That's what he's crying, Lord, take this cup away from me. That's what he cried with loud and tears, with agony, even his sweat dropped like a blood. He cried out to the Lord, and God heard his prayers. God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. That reverence is humbling before God. Hallelujah. Finally, go back to the first screen, Jared. <clears throat> Finally, 45 and 46th verse. After, at last he stood up, at last he overcame that temptation and then he took the strength from, from the angels. And then he prayed. Even though the angels, you know, attended him and strengthened him, he prayed more, more fervently. And he was in such an agony of spirit that his sweat fell down on the ground as, you know, great drops of blood. At last, that's what I'm coming, 45th verse. At last, he stood up again and returned to the disciples only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. They are all in grief. Because of grief, they couldn't even pray. They were asleep. Then he's asked them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray. Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Why are you sleeping? You know, many times we fall as you know, it is not something wrong with that. We will grease our feet ourselves. Because we grease ourselves, we will fall. If you kneel before God, you will never slip. Hallelujah. If you are in prayer humbly in the presence of God, you will never fall. Yeah? Because we do ourselves, our failures make us to fall into the temptation. And then we will yield to the temptation, forgetting about God. 
having all the luxury things oh god will understand my situation yes he will understand no doubt in that but he will never compromise he wants your prayers he said ask and i will give come to me call on to me in the times of trouble i will answer prayer is a key as a christian in our lives prayer prayer is the most important part of our lives my beloved we are delayed we are taken for granted i don't know how many days that we have prayed those who are praying i'm not against you guys just check ourselves when did we humbly prayed when did we met humbly in the presence of god face to face talking to him putting our agony putting our our frustrations our situations before lord i cannot handle this one when did we last do that one maybe days weeks months years when did you last prayed when i say you i'm also there in that you okay don't take me that i'm separate i am there as well i ask for the forgiveness as i'm preparing this one god spoke to me very clearly that we need to be humble before god humbleness to clothe ourselves with humbleness hallelujah let's stand in the presence of god thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you father god we need friends on our journey do we have a trustworthy person a family or a church that where you can trust and then discuss and pour out your burdens so that you can pray together find a friend those who humble before god will be helped by god if you looking for help many times as you are standing many times we will cry lord where are you i am in this condition why are not answering my prayers god is saying where is your humbleness where is your humbling i want you to humble i will answer your prayers that is what we need to learn we need to be we need to be humble before god to have his help in our lives we need to humble before god to hear our prayers god to hear our prayers those who humble before god will be heard by god hallelujah do you have a usual place of talking to god jesus overcame the temptation by humbling himself before god putting his will aside and saying nevertheless let your will be done what does humbling yourself before god mean to you not my will but yours hallelujah 
we thank you. Lord, we thank you. I hope that God is speaking to us. I'll give for some time for you to receive. Just to tell him, Lord, I missed, I delayed. As you are committing to God, Lord, I want to be humble in your presence. From tomorrow, I will start my prayer. If anybody is making that commitment, you are wrong, my brothers and sisters. Not tomorrow, today, and now. And now, and now. Don't say that, oh, yes, God has spoken to me. I will start from tomorrow. That is a lie from that enemy. The father of life, Satan is a father of life. He is coming to devour you. He is trying to pull you away and make you to forget tomorrow. Today is the time. Commit to God today. The Lord, I will be humbling myself in your presence through prayers. I will be praying in front of you, sitting in front of you, kneeling before you as my Lord Jesus Christ taught me to do so. Commit to God now. Don't postpone. You heard many messages like this. Every week after week, you have been listening to such prayer, such messages. You're saying, yes, this is good. I will start. I will start. That will will never come. Today is the time. Now is the time. Our God is a God of now. He is readily available to receive you now. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us, O oh Father God, through your scriptures and your practices, Lord Jesus, where you overcame your temptation by humbling yourselves and teaching us to be humble before you, to be helped by you, to be heard by you, Lord Jesus. And in this journey, we want people together. We want people together, Lord, trusting one another, sharing the burdens of Father God to one another and praying together and encouraging together for your glory and for your kingdom. Lord, I commit all of us together in your hands, Lord. We thank you and praise you for preparing us, oh Father God, not to fall in our temptation, but to overcome the temptation. Hallelujah. We thank you and we receive it, O oh Lord, and we commit to you and to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you for listening to me. I believe that God has spoken to you. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.